This call is being recorded. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Wednesday night. It's at about 9.30, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, on Wednesday, <laughs> following the Mavericks losing to the Chicago Bulls on the road, 117-107. to 107. How are you, Josh? I'm good. I feel like we could have probably uh, pulled one of our podcasts from one of the Mavericks' previous losses in the last... I don't know, three years and mm-hmm. probably could have just uploaded it and wondered if people could tell a difference between then and now. Because I think yeah. it's be pretty difficult. <laughs> it's it's confusing. Um, <laughs> I had come into this game with the expectation of I don't want the Mavericks to get blown out. And the final score is not indicative of what actually transpired in that game because it was a pretty well-played game through about the – Eh, I don't even know if that's fair. The The start of the game was dog shit because the start of every Mavs game is dog shit because they keep using the same dog shit lineup to get behind. I, there's not a rational justification for playing Dwight Powell in the starting lineup anymore. There is It, it does not exist. I, I don't know what to say. For all my friends out there who think I'm being too negative, I don't know what to tell you about like getting down by 20 points or 15 points or whatever, and then coming back. Coming back is nice, but how about not getting down to begin with? And then they played pretty well from the middle of the first quarter to about four minutes left in the second quarter, and then they let um, Zach Levine get loose, and they walked into halftime with a disadvantage, and then in the third quarter, they just got beat. Um the game was not close for most of the second half. The Mavericks would do one good thing right and then two good things wrong. And I don't, you know, their average margin of loss through four losses is is down to 20.5 points, which I suppose is an improvement. But when we talk about point differential, getting beat like this is the sort of thing that makes you question whether the Mavericks are good or not. Um, I want to continue to give them more time, but I want to see some level of recognition on what works for them. And what I don't understand, and I I would love to hear your thoughts on this, are why they continue to go to lineups that do not work. So I think I'm going to write about this uh, after we're done recording, because I think I think everyone is kind of losing their minds with the, with the Dwight Powell and this Dorian Finney-Smith and this starting lineup for good reason. I mean, it's it's maddening to watch. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's what they've played eleven games, and I, I how many times has that lineup started a game positively in those eleven games? One, like yeah, one. And, yeah. The Pelicans <laughs> game and the Pelicans are feeling a G League team, and maybe that Boston game. I think they started pretty well against the yeah. Boston against Boston. So that's. Two out of 11. Uh, so that's really tough. And so, like, I understand, like, it's it seems maddening. And it is. And I'm trying to find some logic to it because, you know, obviously, you know, we're on the sidelines watching this. We're using data that is publicly accessible to literally anyone with an internet connection. We're not looking at any secret sauce. Um, and the Mavericks as a team have data way more complex and intricate than we could ever access. Uh, it's just a fact. You know, they're watching this, they see the numbers, they see the results. And I just, I'm maybe I'm giving them too much, you know, benefit of the doubt, but I just can't imagine that they're that dumb to see this and think that this is something worth sticking to. 
And my opinion is that they just they before this season came up with you know decided as a group as a leadership group you know mm-hmm. JC Kidd, Mark Cuban, uh, Nico Harrison, you know Casey Smith, the head Mavericks head athletic trainer. I'm just I'm I don't have any sourcing, but I'm just convinced that they decided hey the the best way to keep Kristaps Porzingis healthy, engaged, and fresh, and not breaking down by the end of the season, which is you know, happened to him, you know, he just has not right. really been too healthy in his Mavericks tenure. Is we cannot have him play full time five because right. there's just which, a lot more wear and tear, which so, I get. Yeah. I get. And so I'm just assuming that right now that the Mavericks are just in a bad situation and the coaching staff doesn't really have anywhere to turn because Maxi Kleba's hurt. And if you remember right. the game that Maxi Kleba got hurt, he started. Um, they made a lineup change. And I know Kristaps was hurt as well. Um, so I have to imagine that if Maxi Kleba was healthy, he would have started. He would have started the last three or four games. Uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic. Maybe I'm giving the coaching staff too much credit. But I just simply see the Mavericks as sticking to this plan that they decided before the season, and they're looking at the greater good uh, for Kristaps Porzingis, and they're kind of looking at the rotation. And they're looking at the roster, and they're going, "Man, Powell's killing us." But uh, have you seen what Willie Cauley Stein has been doing in his minutes? And obviously, Boban Marjanovic is not a full-time answer. And those are the only t- other two bigs that they trust to play right now. I know everyone is screaming for Moses Brown, and uh, I mean, I get it at some. They want to see a different kind of yes, failure. yes. But I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm not convinced. Replace, you know, I don't think giving Moses Brown Dwight Powell's minutes is going to change the result of, of what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. So maybe it makes things a little bit better. Maybe it makes things a little worse. I understand people just want to see the change, but that's my theory. Like I, I just think they're committed to not playing Przingis at the five full time. And you see it in the games because they go to Przingis at the five pretty frequently and for decent stretches. I just think they don't want him to play, play five, full-time especially like you know a game like tonight against Vujovic uh they don't need him banging with that guy well for for 30 minutes but you know at, at a certain point if Maxi's not healthy like if he's gonna miss another week like you gotta you know at, at a certain point maybe they they just their hands are tied and they have to well, make a change and then there's there's another aspect beyond the lineup of sort of things that are happening in the flow of the game that make me question the coaching staff and the decisions that the players on the floor are making. And I I went on a bit of a lengthy tweet storm about this. The one play that stands out in my mind was Luca got caught on a, on a switch on Nikola Vujicic on a post-up. He steals the ball from him in front of him and to his left is Dorian Finney-Smith. And I want to say on his right was Tim Hardaway Jr. Dorian ran about 15 feet in front (laughs) of Luca the whole way down. And again, I'm not an NBA basketball player, but my understanding, there are two things you should do in this situation. You either run your man through, meaning like try to run so hard that you basically beat your man down the floor, maybe get a pass, maybe not. If you don't get the pass, you get the hell out of the way by clearing through, or most NBA players now run to the corners, which is what Tim Hardaway did to the opposite corner. Dorian literally ran to the block, and he <laughs> brought his man to Luca. Luca slowed down looking to do something. He ended up getting fouled. 
Um, and he missed the second end of a free throw, uh, a pair of free throws, and then Zach Levine or, or um, Lonzo Ball hit up another three off of Luca's really bad missed free throw. And it stuck with me as an example of the sort of lack of understanding of where to go on the floor. And granted, it's a fast break. Sometimes people just make mistakes. But it happened kind of throughout the game, and it's been happening all season. Luca will post up, and guys will run – towards him not cuts mind you but like there's one post up where lucas luca has not been good on post ups that's just let me just get that out of the way but i'm just using it as an example of like what guys are doing christoph Porzingis, who is probably should be four feet behind the three-point line has crept within the three-point line almost down to the elbow bringing his man to luca and Luca then takes a really, really bad shot again. Dorian was also in the mix. And I'm, I, I just, I keep seeing this stuff. And, and Istok and I talk about this a little bit. And, and it's like the coaching staff are asking the Maverick players to, to have more movement, but they don't really know what that means or the context of it because they're being asked to either guess what Luca might do, which I think is not really fair to them, or they're simply going to the wrong spot on repeat. And I, I, I what am I missing here? Because I could be missing something entirely. No, I mean, it's <laughs> it's odd. Um, I mean, it's bizarre to see a team that seemingly knew every, you know, they knew where to be. They had the league's best offense two seasons ago, the eighth best offense last season. Personnel hasn't changed, uh, but, you know, they're just off to this horrible start. And I think we've seen well. I mean, horrible insofar as seven and four is horrible. Sorry, shooting. I'm horrible <laughs> in, in terms of like offensive efficiency. Sure, sure. Okay. okay. Sorry, that's what that I mean. Makes sense. Um, thank you for catching me. I uh, don't want to get Reddit too angry tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it is part of it has to be you know new coaching staff telling them to do different things that they aren't used to, and like Rick Carlisle had these guys programmed to do certain things. And these guys had very specific roles and whether you agree or disagree, that's just the way it was. Um, and now these guys have maybe a little bit more freedom than they're used to. And I'm not saying that's either good or bad. I'm just saying it's different. And mm-hmm. when you go from the rigid structure of a, of a Carlisle coaching scheme to something like they're doing right now, which is like, Hey, you know, if you see this, do this, you know, try to, you know, Jason Kidd was a very intuitive player and I can only imagine he wants his players to play like he did in terms of feeling out the game and improvise, you know, maybe being a little improv- in improvising and, and things like that. But, you know, the ba- the basketball IQ of the team kind of is what it is, but there's going to be some growing pains when you have such a stark change from maybe the rules of the offense because it's clear that the rules are different and again i'm saying different i'm not trying to say worse or better because i just don't want to get into that right now um and yeah maybe it's just messing up with guys timing and you know combine that with missing a bunch of shots and it's a very 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 bad uh combination to have for some of these guys yeah yeah and I don't know. It's one of the things that I keep going back to is like, it feels like what's happening with the Mavericks at the moment are are sort of like a, a spin wheel of pick your poison for what you think the problem is. And I often don't know where to start. I mean, I had one guy mention to me, 
you know, Luca's having to sort of carry carry the world. Like, is it is it fair to be this critical of him? And I mean, I think the answer is yes. Um, his shot diet this year is garbage. Uh, his rim frequency and and free throw rate and three point rate are all career lows. His mid range frequency is at a career high of fifty two percent, and he's shooting a true shooting percentage at a career worst fifty two point four. Like some of this is is purely on Luca, where he needs to play better. Then I don't know though how much of that is influenced by tonight. He probably had. I mean, he finishes the game. What's the box score here? He had 10 assists, which he could have had 25. There was a, where things got funky in the second quarter where the Bulls pulled ahead. There was something like four straight wide open three-point misses. And while I want Luca to play better, I also need his teammates to play better. During the game, I asked you if you could have some sort of shooting statistics ready based on the teammates and the distance of the nearest defender. Do you happen to have any of that stuff on hand? I've got the team shooting stats. I don't have, I can pull up uh, individual. There's a couple of guys I'm specifically curious about Dorian Finney Smith um, and, and uh, Reggie Bullock to are, are the two that I'm the most curious about because they're the ones that we kind of want to see interchanged. But for example, and I'll, I'll just keep babbling as you look it up. Like Dorian was one of five tonight, and his misses were god awful. I mean, just the worst kind of misses. You know, he's shooting a lot from the corner, from above the break, and that's where he's just never been good uh, comparative to the corners. Not never; it's not fair. It's just a statistical drop off marker. And defenses are not guarding him; they do not care because when he misses a three pointer, it often careens so hard off the rim that it's a bit of a turnover. Then you have Bullock who shot four threes tonight in 23 minutes and missed all four horrendously. And my by my judge, and I was taking some light notes just to have um, something on the podcast because I wanted to talk about this, he was wide open on all four. And those sorts of things, if you're the Mavericks, like, yeah, they finished you know, the, the game 12 of 33 from distance, which really isn't terrible. Um, but when you have Dwight Powell, shooting two of three, Kristaps Porzingis burying his threes, two of three, and Tim Hardaway Jr., five of nine, that means the rest of the team was, like, really bad because that's seven of the 12 right there. So, I've so got what do you see? Uh, this is – now, these numbers haven't updated after tonight. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith is, according to NBA.com, he is getting four three-point attempts per game that NBA.com considers wide open which is closest defender is six plus feet away. It is 48.2% of his total three point attempts or no 48.2% of his total shot attempts. Okay. Total, not just threes. Okay. So he's um, shooting four threes a game where he's wide ass open. And that's, shooting, half, that's half of his shot attempts. Yes. He is shooting 27.5%. On I mean, you shot. can't, you can't do anything about that. Like he <laughs> has to hit his shots. He has the yips, and it's evident when he's shooting. He has to make those shots. Yeah. Uh, Bullock is better. That that same uh, qualifier, six-plus feet, defender six-plus feet wide open. He's at 42.9. And, again, this was before tonight, uh, so probably dropped a little bit. But when you go to four to six feet, closest defender four to six feet, he's shooting 31.3% on three points. And and four to six feet is a lot of space for for people. Like – he just needs to shoot better. 
He needs yeah. to shoot better. He also needs to play with Luca more, is my take. Um, but he did play some with Luca tonight. He just was missing buckets. I don't really know what to do on this. It's they're all like we have a couple of people who are writing about some of the offensive deficiencies, and and for all about Bulgaris um, was what you know actually responding to tweets and such tonight. And he said something to the effect, I'm trying to go find it, but my mentions are just a, a terrifying slog right now. Um, he said something to, to the effect of that, you know, he was referring to, to the diet that shot that, that, that some players are subsisting on. He's saying various Mavericks are taking worse kind of shots. And that's a fact. Um, when he says this, those players in specific are Luka Doncic and Chris Porzingis. Um, he's not saying it, but that's what he's saying. Uh, because those some players include Porzingis, who tonight, for example, had 22 and 12, good counting stats, 9 of 16 from the floor. His misses were atrocious. Um, <laughs> lots of needless fades. So it's like, okay, Kirk, you're criticizing, you know, the, the guy with the lowest plus minus, like he was a negative seven out of the stars. I'm not no, killing him. I'm not killing him to kill him. I'm killing him because I don't understand why he makes the game more difficult for himself. Um, one play in particular stood out to me. It was a one leg. It was a fade that he took that he didn't need to. When Luca threw the ball where he like was leading him with the pass, and Porzingis backed up to take a shot when what he should have done was caught the ball and dunked the piss out of it. Um, I, I don't I don't understand him sometimes because he does incredible stuff like the tip dunk um, that like he just has some outstandingly athletic plays and he does weird things. I mean that's minor. It's it's down the list. Yeah, I mean he he was probably the best player on the yeah, team. Yeah, he, he, you're right. He was. It's just something where I watch him and I'm like, man, it, why are you fading away from I these know, players? I know. That just that bothers me. But. You know the, the whole roster. You go through it like this was this was a, a you know Jalen Brunson again had a pretty good game. Um, He's the only been, reason I think that the game. I mean, no, not the only reason, but I mean that game was this was going to be a twenty point halftime deficit, and he came into the game and immediately got the got the Mavericks you know tied you know close to tied or taking the lead. Uh, so he was huge in the first quarter, but I, he kind of ran out of juice after that. They kind of yeah. put the Caruso clamps on him uh, well, after that start. Love that you brought that up, friend. Oh, um, no. While we're here, I just want to take a moment to point out to everyone that I was high on Alex Caruso for the sort of thing of what we saw in that game. I don't think he's a superstar. I think if you are, if he's like the fourth or fifth best starter on the floor, he's going to be outstanding. All right, that's where I that's where I am with him. I mean, he he blanked the Mavericks. He he played really an incredible basketball game. Sixteen points on six of seven shooting, six, six steals. steals. He is an <laughs> outstanding defender. Anybody that says otherwise does not watch enough basketball. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, he was great. Um, and what really is dis- depressing about this game is you see. You see what the Bulls have like. The Bulls are like a reflection of what we we've, we've been hoping the Mavericks would do, right? In terms of building the roster, and you look at, you know, Demar Derozan, one of their key guys this season. He didn't play very well. He was seven of twenty from the floor. I mean, he was a plus twenty, but like he did not. He missed a lot of makeable shots. You know, he did not look as yeah, good as he's looked early in the season. Yeah, but then you look and it's like, 
Vucevic, 18 and 10 and four assists on good shooting. Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball Vuce, hits seven. Vucevic has had a bad, bad season. season. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. playing Dwight Powell is the cure to all ills. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Lonzo, seven three pointers. Zach Levine didn't really have to do much. He still scored 23 points, but like last season, he had to score 35 for the Bulls to win a game like this. And now he's, you know, comfortably scoring 23 because they've just given the, the roster much of a talent increase. And you look at Lucas struggling, and, and basically the only other guy that gave them an efficient night was Kristaps was and a little bit of Brunson. But again, Brunson only scored 12. You know, Hardaway got cooking a little bit, uh, but it, it seemed a little too little too late. But, you know, you look at it's just it's just tough. Um, the one thing I'll say about this game is that it never it never got in, like embarrassing and it never ran away from the Mavericks. Never uh, by 17 at one point. That's pretty not good. I know. It's, I'm not saying that's not good, but <laughs> this is like I'm trying to compare this to like the Atlanta game and the Denver oh, yeah. game. That game felt out of it early. Right. Like embarrassing note, like a no show type effort. Like the Mavericks showed up to a degree. Uh, this just felt like playing against a better team that just two, two through eight has, has better players for the most part. Um, and then when you're one isn't producing, uh, that's tough. Something I want to look at and the stats aren't helping me out here, but I was watching this game and cause I think everyone's talking about like, what's wrong with Luca. And I think it's a combination of things. One, he's playing too many minutes with Dorian Finney Smith and Dwight Powell who are offensive zeros uh, two, you know, I mean, he's just not in, you know, the type of athletic shape we would hope he would be entering his, you know, fourth professional NBA season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that's all of it, but, you know, these are all pieces of the puzzle is what I'm trying to say. And then sure. three, I don't think the scheme is doing him any favors in terms of getting him easy looks. And like, remember, you know, last season and then especially the 2019, 2020 season, all those really cool Tim Hardaway Jr. to Luca dribble handoffs where Luca. Hardaway would catch the ball kind of around the around the nail of the free throw line extended, and he would Luca would like basically take a running start from the logo, and then Hardaway would kind of pass the ball off like a baton as Luca is basically at full speed, catching the ball, attacking the paint, and I'm not seeing and you know he would either get like a, an easy lob or a layup, yeah. and I'm not seeing that like I'm not seeing that type of stuff where the the scheme is engineering him looks close to the basket. And now the data I'm looking at is entering tonight. He's he's averaging 1.2 uh, handoff dribble handoff possessions per game, and and the in the uh, record breaking 2019 2020 season he was at 1.6. So like, I mean a little bit more, but not like significantly to where it, like I I, I want to point at it and be like, oh, this is obviously a thing. But like, doesn't it feel that way? Like, remember the way the Mavericks would get the ball moving before Luke could catch it? Yeah, and he, would, I mean, and he would catch on the run and get these like really clean looks at the rim. And every I feel like that's play just I clear. see with Luca on a pick and roll or doing anything where he has the ball, he gets in the lane and there's somebody else near <laughs> the paint. Yeah. Like, even on Luca made a really garbage like 15 footer uh, from the bottom is like one of the last shots he made. And he was smiling with with uh, Nikola Vucevic after he did it. And after he had shot, like Dwight Powell's on the other side of the key, he was less than ten feet away from him. And I'm sure I'm going to get well actually about some of like the the commentary on space. But I don't see how he, you know, part of the 1920 space that he had was guys standing around and being really far away from the rim, forcing defenders to guard them. And they're just not doing that anymore. 
like it's 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 a conscientious choice to a degree and then there's the the Haralbaum point about shot diet where you know this goes both ways i've debated about this with with people like to a degree i think luca likes taking harder shots but yeah. i also don't understand what like He's working his butt off from some of these things, and he's just not as efficient as he was last year right now. Yeah, and it feels like every possession for him is hold the ball and pound it. And, like, I know that he used a ton of possessions the last two seasons, but it just feels so much more of a grind when he has mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. Like, it mm-hmm. it feels so laborious for him. Where the last option, season- like, you know Kristaps Porzingis is not rolling to the rim. You know Dwight Powell is rolling to the rim. You know if Dorian Finney-Smith is setting the screen yeah, that, that you shouldn't give a shit. You yeah. know if if it's Tim yeah. Hardaway, okay, that's something to defend. Like the Jalen Brunson minutes are the only thing that are interesting with those two because there's some dy- uh, um, uh, dynamic, fuck, dynastic, I, I, I don't know the right word. There, there's dynamic. Some, yeah, there's some sense of unpredictability of what's yeah. going to happen. And right now it's just like, okay, these are the options because – realistically nobody like Luca doesn't use the screen and nobody other than Powell sets a screen it's like some brush set like there's just a lot of going through the motions that happens with offense and I do get it again they are seven and four this is not a sky's falling moment it's just you want to see some sense of progress and when you keep getting bitch slapped by really good teams it raises concerns is all yeah, and that Atlanta loss is looking worse, by the way. If you check Atlanta looks terrible, <laughs> but I think that I think Atlanta has the same problem Mavericks do, where you know they want to get to the playoffs, but the problem is to get to the playoffs, you need to actually win enough games to get there. Like it doesn't matter how talented you are, it doesn't matter who your best player is, you just have to get there. Yeah. And the Mavericks are seven; they've already positioned themselves to get there. Um, now you know. To me, the, the question is, what are they going to look like when they get there? And, you know, the early returns are not good, but thankfully, what, it takes about 20 to 23 games before we can maybe definitively lock in some of these trends that we're seeing. So yep. there is time, and we're going to – I think we're – it's perfect timing too because by the time they get to about 20 or 23 games, like this stretch that they're on, like they're, we're really going to know uh, one way or another about this team. Like I'm, I am very – I would not put money on the Mavericks by the end of November. Like if they have a, like I would not put money on them having a winning record and still a negative point differential. Like I think something's going to give there. Like I I feel like they're either going to win, like start winning and it's going to change, you know, that's going to change and and they're going to start playing actually, you know, better or they're going to, the record is going to start matching their performance because there's no hiding against, you know, San Antonio, which I know is not a great team, but they're playing hard. They play tough every game, and they played the yep. Mavericks tough in two games. Yep. Uh, and then Denver, and Jokic is going to play. He's not suspended. Phoenix right. back-to-back. Clippers back-to-back. Washington, Cleveland. Like, no easy games from here yep. to November. To, from, from here to the end of November, they're, they are not playing an easy game. Yep. So and You and I have talked about this. If, yeah. if they play 500 ball over this stretch, I'm going to be okay with that. I, I really promise. Like, I where I am frustrated is in I don't feel like they've had a loss yet where the game was in question for a significant amount of time. I mean, this game fell over within five minutes into the third quarter. 
and that sucks. Yeah, and it sucks to get uh, have you know Zach Levine getting three sixty dunks while the crowd's no. cheering, and you're you're losing. Uh, I, but yeah, it's just I need to I need to do the Dorian as um what's his name from the Office gif because it's it's that bad. Stanley dribbles. He, he Dorian is oh, the Stanley he's... dribble hero. Like wow. that that pass to a dive man, he threw it to the Bulls. <laughs> like either don't drive to the rim because you can't or don't make that pass. Like he, he, it's like he had one option and he chose others that didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, do you got anything else before we get out? We've been rambling for a while. No, I think that's about, I think that's about good. I think we're pretty like, I'm not mad about this game. No, never mind. So, hope, hope the internet understands and it yeah. doesn't think I'm overreacting because Maybe last game I was a little grumpier than I needed to be. <laughs> That's fair. Let's yeah. let's go. Let's get out of here. All right, guys. So coming up next is going to be the green room. Um, I'm attaching that on to, to, to make it an extra long podcast because I did a show today that's going to go up on Thursday afternoon with Iztok, uh, Franco, and Matthew Phillips where we talk about some of their recent articles. I think it will be a good palate cleanser after this game. Hope you enjoy the green room. Hope you probably try to come on. Like, we're getting more and more new people. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this has been Josh Bo, Kirk Henderson coming to you with Mads Moneyball After Dark, and we will come to you again on Friday. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mads Moneyball Group Therapy. It's your friendly neighborhood jerk face, Kirk Henderson. Editor-in-chief at MavsMoneyBall.com. The Dallas Mavericks just lost to the Chicago Bulls. I would say the game in the uh, hierarchy of painful losses is one on the lower scale simply because the Chicago Bulls are very good. Uh, As a quick recap, the Mavs got off to a terrible start because they used the same shitty starting lineup that they seem to enjoy stubbing their toes on. Got it together for most of the first quarter to end up taking a first quarter lead. Uh, in the second quarter, they played pretty good ball, really matched a, a well-playing Chicago Bulls team. And then in the final few minutes of the second quarter, the same booty lineup ended up um, not being able to hit shots. And the Bulls took a lead into the half following the halftime um, lack of, I don't know, adjustments. The Bulls came out and just sort of um, wore the Mavs down. Uh, Lonzo Ball played an unbelievable basketball game. Um, for the Mavericks, Chris Stapps Porzingis played a pretty good game. Really kind of thought he could have had a better game. Um, someone needs to, you know, zap him every time he takes a needless fadeaway. But I liked sort of what I was seeing with attacking the rim to a degree. Luca once again looks like ass. Uh, and I don't know whether Luca looks like ass because he is not in the greatest of shape, which I think is part of it, or if when he gets below 15 feet and close to the rim, there's always one of his teammates doing something that I don't understand why they're there. Um, I'm really frustrated about the the spacing and sort of the decision-making of Luca's teammates. Um, and then past that, I need Dallas Mavericks players to, to hit shots. Um, Dorian has been so bad, it hurts. For those who don't get into the advanced stats, Josh Bo just pulled this for me. Uh, he takes nearly four wide open threes a game, which make up uh, half of his shot attempts in a given game. And he is shooting 27% on wide open threes. That, my friends, is bad. 
Then lastly, we get to the title of the room, which I wrote, uh, I was right about Alex Caruso. And I put that because I was right about Alex Caruso, who is not a superstar. He is a connector, a piece that um, he, he's what brings other things together and makes them work. If he's your fifth best or fourth best player on the floor, he's a, a instrument of chaos, which is what he was for the Bulls tonight. He had 16 points and six, count them, six steals which is really good. I like him. I'm going to be smug about him. It's fine. I understand why the Mavericks couldn't really go after them. Like that would be three hilariously white players in one team, but you know, uh, a guy could dream. Anyhow, we're here. Let's talk about it. So remember, I'm going to bring up uh, first time uh, or people I haven't seen in a while. Callers first. Um, you, when you get brought up on stage, you need to be uh, looking to hit that unmute button because no one likes the awkward silence. Okay, coming up first, we got my guy, Brett Stover. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, let me know if, or feel free to kick me out if, if, I, if my uh, signal is bad. I'm driving back from the game, actually. I attended the game. Uh, and this is actually my first NBA game I've ever um, been to in person. So that, that part of it was fun. Wow. Um, I, I, where I was born was not a place with, it was like near any NBA. I was born, I was, I'm from Missouri. Which is, you know, notably very far from anywhere that there's <laughs> right, NBA basketball. Right, the Bulls are like the cl- yeah, um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think the Bulls are just an example of like why you want to ha- like pay players who like are good at basketball, and like I th- like Bulls are real. Like, yeah. Watching the Bulls, you, like watching the Bulls, you think like, wow, they like had a pretty shitty team a couple years ago, and then they like decided that they would like to acquire players to make their team better. And, like, that's an admirable thing that, you know, the Mavericks should consider. Um, but, like, but yeah, I mean, like, but thinking about, like, the Bulls roster and, like, where it was when it was, like, Zach Levine and a bunch of guys who were, like, really bad um, to where to what it is now, um, it, it just, you know, makes you frustrated about that the Mavericks haven't, at least to, you know, the public's knowledge, made much of an attempt to, to do that. Yeah, I mean the the what the Bulls are is and Zach Levine is coming up on the opportunity to make a whole bunch of money. So the Bulls pushed a lot of their chips into the table and this is sort of this is their team for the collective future. Um right now they are now 8 and 3. So the early returns on what they were going for is right there. Um the Mavericks were not in the place to do anything like this as much as I criticize them. Well, I, 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 I don't I don't mean like the Vucevic trade. Like that was obviously an overpay for like the reasons of keeping Levine. I mean I mean more the like the like going for DeRozan and uh and Caruso. Sure, sure. No, it, it's it's that that is that is is what we're talking about here because they had to spend a ton of money to do something. Yeah. And they had a plan and what you know, we've talked about this for going on three years. The Mavericks hone in on targets like they're the only guy at the dance, and that's not how the NBA actually works. Now, I, I wonder if there's a bit of a ceiling on this Bulls thing, but who cares? As as a couple of people have noted in the chat, as Tim Hardaway noted in the postgame stuff, like, they're fun. The Bulls are fun. And not only are they fun, they're actually pretty good, too. Um, well, especially right now, I mean, with the NBA, it's it's not like you're up against, you know, like the Warriors of the Dynasty era or whatever, or like, and like LeBron's not like looming there anymore. Like, mm-hmm. you can win with a pretty good team, not like one of the best teams ever assembled. 
Sure, which is where I feel like the the West kind of is right now as well, because the the, the Western Conference is not, not it great. It's not what it was, and and you want to take advantage of that. And you know, I don't think this Mavericks team is what we are going to be seeing at the end of the year. There's yeah. too much that doesn't work the way that it ought to, and they have to dust things up at some point. It's it's just not going to be possible. The the move, and, and we've talked about this a lot, the fact that they owe their 2023 pick to the Knicks is, is a limiting factor in what they're able to do. Yep. And so you, you kind of got to take that for what it is. Yeah, and then the other thing is, like, I mean, watching the, tonight's game, I mean – this was the most like frustrating in terms of like Luca taking like bad shots and making bad decisions. Yeah. And like obviously he like you know set up his teammates also for lots of shots that they, that they didn't make. But like the number of times he just like went into the post and really settled for those shots. Like not like 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 whoever said a couple one of these ago about how like they like to you know post him up after free throws and how teams of like are aware of this. And the Mavericks are not aware that teams are aware of this. Uh-huh. They like continue to do this, and like they get him. Like like he puts a lot of work, and then by the time they get him actually the ball, he has the ball outside the three point line, and then like uh-huh. tries to post up again, yeah, he, and that like wastes a full possession. He's not getting anywhere with a lot of his post ups. Like the times he gets to the rim, that one of the one of the final turnovers. I don't know if it was credited to him or Brunson. But, like, he got all the way to the rim, and there are three bulls, and somehow he's not able to find the open guy. And he's yeah, turning was, over – like, like his post-up numbers, if you actually look at oh, what's yeah. publicly well, he's available. Like top 10 in the league and shoots, like, the worst on him or whatever. It's horrible. Yeah, I saw it yesterday, as, and I was like – As much as I kicked the shit out of Chris Depp, Porzingis post-ups, Luca is currently worse than Porzingis. Yeah. He's shooting, like, 37% on post-ups. It's horrible. Yep. I mean, yeah, that, that was – it's incredibly – I mean, like – I mean, I get when you have to, to bail out a possession or whatever, but, like, going to that, like, every third time down the floor was just, like, insanity. And then, like, when when him and Dwight Powell, like, run a pick and roll into a Porzingis post-up, like, that was just, like, make, made me want to, like, tear my hair out. I, I don't – that's one of the things that's vexing me the most is there always seems to be someone – they're not in the paint. Like, it's not like it's seventh-grade yeah. basketball. But there's someone that's just close like, enough like to where Luca has this extra – Like, right next to the – like, the next to a post-up or they mm-hmm. – like, well, like, I mean, and and that's just one of those things that it's like when you watch other teams and you're like, that doesn't happen. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah. Like, teams no, apparently it, do it, that. Like, <laughs> like, other than, like, really bad rookies and whatever. Like, because – I, yeah, I mean, it's it's very frustrating. Well, Brett, thank you for for hopping on. I, I'm I'm really glad you got to go to your first NBA game, though. Like the Bulls are, they put on a pretty good show from like an in arena yeah, standpoint. Yeah, they're, it's a great experience there with the arena and everything. Thanks for having me up. No, yeah, I'm glad you got to go, man. I hope. All right, have a good night. We'll talk soon. Okay, um, coming up next is my guy Sam, who. Normally, I see him join later in the show. We're going to let him get – oh, shoot. I, I accidentally um, – uh, there he is. Hey, Sam. I thought I uh, kicked you off instead of bringing you on. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, man. You're good, Kirk. I appreciate it. How you doing tonight? I am okay. That game was um, – I, what I want from them is I'm okay with losses. I want to see losses with progress, and I didn't see a ton of progress. 
yeah, that that was going to be actually one of my points. Is like obviously the fact that we're seven and four, and we've barely beaten the bad teams, and we're getting stomped by the good teams. And I mean, just stomped. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's bad. Like two, like you know, three points, five points. You get blown out every time. Where it's not even competitive in the fourth. So that that's something that I'm a little bit concerned about because um, it's like at some point we're just kind of like you know putting around. I, I'm, I don't I don't know the saying, but you know we're just we're just knocking our heads against the wall. It's just kind of like okay. Obviously, you see the Bulls, which they said on the broadcast today, which I didn't I don't know why I didn't think about it, but it's obvious. Literally, in one calendar year, they damn near turned the whole roster over. Uh huh. Whereas the Mavericks, obviously, you know, take two guys out, play one person here, take one person out at two, you know, bench players here. It's, it's literally the same. So at some point, you don't want to say, you know, obviously it's only 11 games, but at some point you can't keep saying it's 11 games because it's going to be 12 and 14 and 16 and 20. Well, we're going to find out real soon how good this team is because my goal when heading into this stretch, because it's six, it's six road games and seven nights, and one of them is San Antonio, who's – I think they, they might be playing Dallas at home, actually. But they play um, the Clippers twice. They play the Nuggets twice. And those are two teams that are good. Despite necessarily where they are in the rankings, they are good. So if they get out of November playing roughly 500 ball – my big picture takeaway is I think I'm going to be okay with that. But the challenge is, is like their November schedule is, it's not like terrifying. It's challenging. And it, it sh- it's going to show us what this team is or isn't pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, just because at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's hard to judge this team because like, like I said earlier, I don't know if, if it's just, you know, is it just, New coach, new system, jitters, still trying to work everything out. Where obviously it's a long season, it's not just a 72 game sprint where you're having to play every other day. So you're just kind of working into things. Or is this, you're just being stubborn and you don't want to try to make any type of adjustments type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the starting lineup stuff is baffling to me. And I don't understand what they are seeing that we are not because they've had a, so they've had. 11 games now with Dwight Powell in the starting lineup. I can think of one game, the Pelicans game, that they got off to a good start with that group. Am I missing any? I, I want to hear from the from the chat, too. Can, can you guys think of a game where they're like, oh, this is good, in the first six minutes of the game? There's literally been no game where they started off great. Okay. Every game they fall behind, and then yeah. even the Pelicans game, it was – it was an average start, but then they were down by eleven. Yeah, so so it's like the it's like at some point, you know, you're just kicking yourself in the head in, in the head, and saying, "Hey, we're gonna keep falling down by six, seven, eight, nine points, and then we're gonna bring in Branson and and Bullock, and then oh, well, we're back now because of the bench. Like that's not gonna, we can't keep doing that. That doesn't make no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fair. And and so for everyone that's listening, I'm going to plug this like nine times. Um, this podcast will go up on the back end of Josh and I's show. And then on Thursday afternoon, I bring on Iztok, who wrote a good article for D Magazine. Uh, and then Matthew Phillips, who wrote a, a good kind of like look at the stats for the man for the first 10 games. And both of us, all three of us talked together about how at this point, with how clunky things look, you want to try the Luca Maver or um, Luca uh, uh, 
Brunson lineup more to start the game, despite the defensive deficiencies that that exist, because you just you can't play down for twelve points. Like like scoring eleven points in the first seven minutes of a game it, with Luka Doncic at the helm is 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 criminal at this point. Now some of it's just missed shots, but. I don't know. Well, Haralabob, and, and I want somebody that's smarter than me to come kind of explain this to me, was what he, he got into it with uh, a Mavs film room and I just sort of discussing about how he thinks that the shot diet from certain Mavs players is bad. Um, I am interpreting what he meant by that is that Luca and KP shots suck, and I agree. And I don't know what to do about that other than figuring out means to get them easier shots. And I want to say in the post game, I didn't follow it, because I always hop on and do the podcast. Jason Kidd, or at least like Luke Askew of, of Mavs Moneyball, asked about Luke getting in the rim. And I think there's some something there. Like, I don't know. This is just, it's, it's, it's confusing. Because this guy was an MVP candidate in his second year and first team All-NBA in his second year because he was able to, to really play efficient basketball. And in his, sec- or his third year, he was not in the best shape. And he really exploited the mid-range because people were giving that to him and because he wasn't able to get past anyone. Right now, he's not able to get past anyone, and he's not really exploiting the mid-range. He's being really inefficient with his with his shooting. I mean, he was 6 of 18 tonight. That's bad. Yeah, and, I, and, and yeah, and I think just because it's the new offense, I just think because I think he's trying to work the new offense because last year and the year before, obviously, he had that flow and he had the freedom, so he was he was decisive, mm-hmm. so he knew what to do. And like you said, last year the teams were giving him the mid range, so he was taking the mid range, so he was doing that. Now he's trying to work the offense that Jason Kidd is trying to install, which is I think in terms just messing him up right now because he's trying to do one thing, but then he's like, okay, I need to do my thing, and then it's, he can't get into it. And now he's six of eighteen, or he's nine of twenty, or he's something like that every other game. So, well, and I did, I, I didn't understand this because Haralabob was talking about this too, about how if you're not like if you're not running a heliocentric offense, then you're wasting Lucas' talent. And I was highly critical of Kid earlier this year. Are they not running a heliocentric offense? Like Luca is touching the ball more now than he ever has on a per game basis. He has the ball. Uh, almost a half minute more per game, 9.4 minutes per game, as opposed to 8.9 last year. Like that's, I'm just really confused with what's going on. It's like, it's like we're squeezing, you're, you're trying to squeeze blood from a stone to a certain extent. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll get off of that. That's okay. Keep you know, up on the line. But I just think in my opinion, it's the fact that, especially after the Clippers series when they lost, it got hammered into it said that, hey, Luca needs to share the ball more. Luca needs to share the ball more. Yeah. He's all these different mixed messages in his head saying, I need to do this for the team. I need to do this for the team. He's trying to step up and, you know, be a leader. But at some point, you know, you're, you're, you're appearing LeBron. Just, just be that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm really stuck with one of my Cleveland Cavaliers friends, Ryan Morton. He uh, writes for, or he used to write, he does, I think he just does social media for Fear the Sword, which is the uh, SB Nation site for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he, like, stabbed me in the heart saying, I, I cannot believe the Dallas Mavericks have decided to build the 2006 Cleveland Cavaliers around Luka Doncic. And it, it really hurts me because you go look at that roster and you look at this roster, and it is, it is a mean and fair comparison, and it's just something that's going to stick with me for a while. But maybe they'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, you got Porzingis for uh, Elgaskis. You got Eric Snow for, I don't know, somebody. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's 
it's um it, it's it's yeah. frustrating, but like I said, it's it's still early. Let's get to a twenty game mark and see where we're at. Let's get past the stretch, and if we're somewhat competent, I guess we can't be mad because at the end of the day, you want to. We, we've been doing what we haven't done the last couple of years, which is be bad. Yeah, right. If we're talking in a week and they played, you know, they basically play every other game from now until uh, the first week of December. And if we're talking around Thanksgiving and they're at 500 because they've gone on like a two and five slide, then I think we have every right to be really pissed. I just I, I like my brain is having a hard time wrapping itself around the concept that they just not might not be very good because for the last three years they've they surpassed expectations, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And maybe that's what it was. They just played above our heads. But hey, All man. right, Sam. Thanks so much for joining. Appreciate you. All right. Coming up next, we got Davis again. Davis, how are you? Hit that unmute button. Hey, Kirk. How are you? I'm all right. What's going on tonight? Well, uh, I mean... I'd say I'm disappointed, but it's kind of the expected result, I think. Um, just, I think, biggest takeaway from today's game is just uh, bad coaching. You know, I think, obviously, it's been spoken about in Bloodian about starting Powell. Um, but what's really troubling me is that we, we don't get enough Luca KP at the five moments where they're running uh, pick and roll or pick and pop. Uh, the KP Brunson pick and screen and roll is so effective. Uh, I mean, that's what guys, part of what got back into the game in, in, in the first half was when when Jalen came in, running the pick and roll with, with, with KP, gave him so much space, he was getting to the basket at will. And then in the second half, we don't bring KP back until, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter. Brenton gets basically shut down uh, running, you know. There was no KP at the five in the th- No. Yeah, nothing. Exactly. He, he he went out of the game at, well, like six minutes left or something. Um, and then it was just Powell and, and Willie and God bless Willie. Uh, the man has a yips and uh, he needs to see a therapist probably. I mean, uh, I want he- to put him on a spaceship and send him to the end of time. I never want to see him play basketball again. It everything he does hurts, and, and it's so disappointing. He he has the athletic gifts of a, like a Tyson Chandler, like he has that type of body, that type of athleticism, but he has no feel. And he's he can be adequate on defense, but when you pass him the ball anywhere within two feet of basket, he freezes and he doesn't know what to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just like uh, I think with. With uh, Kleba out right now, like you got to play KP at the five, like that—that's your best. And he's probably getting what twenty minutes a game at the five, if that. At this point, it's, yeah. it's so disappointing. And again, him and Brunson are destroying teams. I'd like to see the stats on uh, the KP Brunson pick and roll because it—it's—it's it's by far our best offense at this point of the season. And the fact that we are running that right now is mind-boggling. And I. And, and and again, I think it's been mentioned earlier today, the play where well, where Powell sits the screen for Luca, and then KP rolls into the to the rim while also Powell rolls to the rim. I mean, what is that play? Like, and it happens every time KP and, and Powell are on the court together. It, this team doesn't understand spacing. Um, 
unless it's KPS five surrounded by four other shooters. Uh, but anyway, that's just kind of my take for tonight. Um, coaching, he's a kid doing his thing, fucking something up that that shouldn't be. <laughs> I get it, man. I, and I've tried to lay off kid a little bit, but I don't know what, you know, because I, I don't want to say it's simply him. I think some of the the offensive complexity is, like, needless, and I, I, I actually don't think that's on him. I think that's oh. on our uh, our offensive-minded uh, assistant coach, um, the gentleman who was uh, Luca's Slovenian uh, national team coach. Like, some of what they're doing is, like, needlessly complex. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, but but in the end, you know, head coaches, you know, you hire head coach to implement their philosophy, and and and, and I believe the name's uh, Kershkarov. I forget the exact name, uh, but right. Uh, so I mean, I I think his offense is is is, is would probably be better than than what Kid has in mind. Uh, but yeah, again, I think. Parala Bob was going off tonight uh, about, you know, our offense last year was not broken. In the playoffs, it wasn't broken. Because um, he, he fully believes in the Luca heliocentric strategy because he, he talked about how if the Mavericks simply played someone else, they would have won. And I agree with him. I totally I, agree I, with really, him. I don't. I don't know yeah. if it's a final strategy. It is certainly a second round strategy. Like the things that have been laid at Luca's feet are people that simply don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I, I, I am so frustrated about like in terms of that playoff loss. The further we get away from this, the further it's like, and then you watch how KP is playing. And like, again, he had a pretty good game tonight. There's one guy in the chat who's just like shiving him repeatedly, and I think it's 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 earned over time. But tonight he wasn't bad. But like I, I just the kind of player that KP is 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 one who he he adds value through particular moves, and then if he's giving you defensive stuff, you're you're really excited about it. But offense is just all got to be a bonus, and I don't understand this sort of thing where where. It, 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 so we got to get the ball out of Luca's hands. We got to do different stuff. It's going to be that way when we get to playoffs, folks. We got to get there. We got to get there. And you know, again, they're seven and four. These losses feel very frustrating because there's not been one where you're like, oh, if they had just made one less mistake. Like tonight, they got whacked in the head because a bunch of guys who missed wide open threes, and then Lonzo Ball really went nuts. And for some reason, you thought putting Dwight Powell on the the suffering and sluggish Nikola Vujicic was a good idea. Like Dwight Powell is a big red uh, cape for a bull to run at. He's so terrible. Ugh. Sorry. Oh, I I, I I totally agree, and I, I totally agree with 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 Pharrell Bob in that we the Clippers are the worst matchup for the Mavericks. Um, and of course, I knew the second week I matched up with them, I was like, if we could beat just about any team in the West last year, I, I believed. Um, yeah, yeah. But the Clippers are just such a horrible matchup for us. And I honestly would not be surprised if we, if, if we get matched up with them again this year, depending on if we improve to like the third seed or so. And right. they're, you know, and, and it, it, we probably lose in the first round again to them because they are just. The worst matchup for the Mavericks, um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> right. yeah, totally overreact. Thanks for hanging out, Davis. No problem. Have a good night. I love it.
Yeah. Well, one thing everyone needs to know is that this is for this whole thing is for overreaction. Like I'm slapping this in the back half of our normal podcast. So like anybody that's listening to this is like 40 minutes in. It's probably like 830 in the morning. You're either getting your first cup of coffee or considering your second. And like this is either going to make you feel better or make you feel worse. Uh, there's really no way around it. I host these for people that want to talk through their frustrations. I feel a little bit better about it um, than sniping back and forth with people on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Damien in the chat says Kirk is not buying corner three Dwight Powell. That is affirmative. Okay, coming up next, I see a name I've not seen either before or in a while. CJ, CJ, how you doing tonight? Hey, Kirk. How oh, you there doing? we are. Joining tonight. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, literally, first is the first green room. That I've called into period. So welcome. Uh, yes, yes. You know, here we are. It's not. Uh, you know, the the evening started out okay, um, but uh, you know, I finished. Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe three scoops of ice cream after that game. You know, and, and my bowl just. You know, watching a little Netflix, just trying to, you know, drown the sorrows away. You know, you know, it is what it is. But um, you know. Um, I guess with this game, um, I, I, I felt like, with, like so I, I really felt like early on I wanted to beat up on, like, kind of KP and and Dwight. Uh, Dorian, too, KP primarily kind of with some offensive rebounds he was giving up, you know, with Vucevic and everything. Yeah, you know, um, but then, you know, I was listening for a little bit, looked at his stats, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. He, he yeah, I don't remember him though. having 12 rebounds. Like, that feels like I'm missing something. I feel like we gave up so many offensive rebounds, you know. Um, um, one of the, I forget. Really bad ones at bad times. Like, it, it's like, oh, we're, a, we're only down eight. If they get this, we can score again, and then they'd give up. A- yeah, yeah, and, and Timmy got out jumped by one of their dudes. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, he, he was like uh, one of their wings. I think he's like a younger guy, like number twelve or something. Like I don't know. It was it was a hell of a rebound, basically. Right. Uh, um, but you know, uh, you had a good point. I guess when you were talking with the last caller too, like with with Lonzo kind of going off. Like for a while, I was feeling like you know I, I you know I heard Lonzo was improving his shot, but like Jesus fucking like like holy. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot. No, that was a lot of three pointers. Like I looked it up, and Luca has hit up uh, up until that game. He'd hit twenty three, and then Lonzo hit seven in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, his shot isn't broken anymore. Like we we've definitely, you know, we're we're past that hump and everything. Um, but you know, I, I did feel like we were kind of in it. You know, I, I I'm surprised it didn't go worse than it actually did. Maybe there's a little optimism in that. You know, I, I know like, you know, we were within like, I don't know, eight or something like that until maybe early in the fourth or something like that. But um, there's a part of me that's just happy that we didn't lose this by like 30 or something like that. And, you know, if Lonzo didn't go off, you know, this could be, we could be talking, you know, despite Luca's bad looks and, you know, um, Dorian, making me feel like jesus christ i need to be out there like you know like i don't i don't want to be that 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 wild uh you know um 
um, NBA fan that says, oh, I, I can do better than this player or that player. Like, I, I felt like that, and I never feel like that. I, 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 t- I like to think I have a, a, re- a realistic, you know, perspective of the game and everything. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like we were in it there for a little bit, despite all the BS that kind of went on and Willie trying to cross people up, you know, at the top of the key. And, like, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's just bonkers. I completely understand. Sorry, I, while you were talking, I was looking because you said something like, oh, I don't want to compare myself to an NBA basketball player. 100% get it. But every time Dorian dribbles, he is Stanley in the basketball episode. He is a wild dribbler. I don't understand why he keeps getting these chances. Like, is there a make a wish going on for Dorian and dribbling? Like, it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian and dribbling sucks, and it's not fair to him. Like, he just makes a bad choice. Yeah, because uh, I, yeah. I, I really, I really turned a corner on Dorian last year because. I watched that guy suck for a long time, and then Luca came around, and he all of a sudden went from being a thirty percent three point shooter to a thirty eight percent three point shooter. I'm wrong, or Luca's getting him enough shots. Mm-hmm. And then last year he was a like a thirty nine percent three point shooter because he had a kid and became a superhero. And then this year he's just the bricklaying banshee who it's like, oh, we're gonna yep, let yep. him carry up the ball and initiate the offense, and it's. Yes, yes. I was, I was literally wait. I was, oh my god, that was at the top of my mind just now. I was like, like, like I watched him bring the ball up. I'm just like Jesus fucking Christ. Like, like what the fuck is like, what, what is happening? Have we come? Have we gone this far? Sorry. Yes, we have. Like, it's no, it's it's it, that's what this is. I keep telling people this. Like, people either love this show or absolutely hate it. And I'm like, I feel better after doing this because otherwise, my wife has to hear this stuff and she does not care. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it'll it'll build up. You got to let it out. You got you got to well, let it out. Kurt. Like Rich in the chat says, we've maxed out DFS's basketball abilities. I, I yes, that is a great summation. Very very yeah. accurate. Well, CJ, you got anything yeah. else before I bring on some more folks? Uh, I think that is it. Thanks for having me, Kurt. I appreciate sure it. Thing. I hope you come back. Have a good night. Okay, folks. I got a lot of people that want to talk, but unfortunately, I have to go soon. So I let's let's rapid fire and see how many we can get done in about ten minutes. Grayson, what's up? Hey, Kirk. I'll make it quick. Uh, look, I mean, I've watched this team get blown out by like good playoff teams four times now, and they're beating up on the Southwest Division. But the Southwest Division sucks. Is it possible that they get a higher seed this year, despite being a significantly worse? Maybe, but I want to say that there's something going on. Where, like they got rid of the the tiebreaker rules years ago, where you don't get a higher seed despite a worse record. Um, so, so that would be my thought there. But it, it will matter insofar as if they are like tied with a bunch of teams like that. Yeah, that's that's all I have. I mean, I I think this team is worse than last year. Mostly, just I don't. I'm not impressed with his system at all. His coaching has just not been good so far, in my opinion. A lot of thoughts, but I'll let other people talk. I think that it's possible that this team finishes with a better record than they did last year, even though they're worse, just because they're going to have such an easy schedule. But I'm maybe I'm, so far. I would like that. I mean, I like who like nobody likes bitching more after a win than me. Thanks, Grayson. Talk to you soon. All right, coming up next, we have friend of the show, Mike Bibbins, who you should know from the Mavs Outsider Podcast. Bibbs, how are we doing? Hey, Kirk. Uh, sorry, Bibbs isn't here. This is Optimus Bibbs. 
I just wanted to pop in. Look, guys, there's a lot of doom and gloom out there. I just feel like I just feel like this team is they're in a rut right now. Like this is the worst it's gonna be all year. Guys are wide open, they're just not hitting their shots. Harp said it best. These guys last year were shooting 40% from three. They're shooting like 25% so far this year. Luca's getting into the inside, and then he's hitting these guys wide open. They're going to hit these shots eventually. Dwight Powell had a huge game today. You're, two, you're a terrorist. Two big blocks? <laughs> Come on, man. Willie <laughs> Colley Stein completed an alley oop. Like these are the type of things. These are the type of things you have to look out for. The Bulls are a better team right now, but just give it some time, guys. Give it some time. Be patient. <laughs> oh, you are just you are both a treasure and a curse to us, Bibbs. I, I don't know any other way way to phrase it. Do you have anything else before I bring on another person? <laughs> Of course, I gotta, I gotta say my catchphrase. MFFL. Oh my God! You have a good night, everybody. Go seek out Mavs Outsider podcast. I promise he doesn't actually talk like that for an hour and a half. Um, okay, coming up next, we have my man Leo. What's up, Leo? Hit that on mute. There we go. So, in your opinion, what was worse, uh, Dorian chucking those threes, or the, uh, or the ice that's been in the backyard? Ooh, that's a good one. Dorian's threes, because I don't I, – I now feel like when he's taking a three, I feel like he's uh, one of those – what's the – he's like a he's like doing the, the Sean Marion trebuchet three. And for those of you who, who are not old enough, who, who don't remember, go watch Lord of the Rings Return of the King when they're, when they're attacking the, the orcs and such or attacking the city. There's like these trebuchets that they throw rocks. Like that's Dorian Finney's shot at this point. It's real bad. I, I don't want to see it anymore. What else you got, Leo? Uh, two quick points. Is there a reason uh, Frank Nilekina didn't come back into the game? It seemed like he was playing pretty well. I mean, he had a really dumb foul, but other than that, I mean, he couldn't have been playing worse than Sterling Brown. And do we need asshole Jason Kidd to come out and just, like, tell these role players, this is your role, do not dribble past the three-point line, take the shot if it's open, and if not, pass the ball? I don't know. I think asshole Jason Kidd puts people in an airlock and they're never heard from again, so I'm not sure if we actually want that. But I, I don't know about Frank. That's a good question. I may need to watch the game again tomorrow to talk about it and figure out what's what's going on there. So I like that. I mean, can we put Willie Collistein in eight, Jason, uh, asshole Jason Kidd? Uh, asshole Jason Kidd. We'll see. And for anybody who can hear in the background, I left my game on so long that the League Pass jazz music started playing. Sorry if you picked that up. I had to go find the remote. But thanks for coming on, Leo. Okay, let's keep going rapid fire. Chris, what's up? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Okay, so I've been a Mass fan for 20 years. All right. I'm doing the Dwight Powell bashing shit again. I mean, how long have you... You ever seen an NBA player, a, a, a crappy to average player, be on the Mavs team this long for seven years? I mean, there's like, a Sean Marion joke to be made. Not Sean Marion. There's a Sean Bradley joke to be made, but uh, I secretly. Yeah, I hope he's doing okay. I know he got in that uh, bicycle accident uh, earlier this year, so hopefully he's doing all right. But just 
I mean, it's not even that he's on the team. I know he has a pretty good plays tonight and some good alley-oops and all. And he has his moments, but just all the minutes he gets, damn. Like, I mean, there's no rim protection. There's no rebounds. Just, and I know Moses Brown is a raw player, but Jesus Christ, get him some development. Like, I feel like Luka makes all these players better. Just get Moses Brown some burn. It couldn't hurt anything just considering. So we're just having a hard time with these teams. But, I mean, I like how we were playing the first th- three and a half quarters. I mean, we were up by seven points at one point and doing good. But, yeah, we kind of shifted. I think we kind of all knew going into this game that this might be a loss. But hopefully it was going to be competitive. But it, it's whatever. I think we'll, we'll definitely win against San Antonio. Let's get another Spurs win. I'm, I'm loving beating the Spurs. Uh, the last few mm. great. Mm. I don't think they've ever swept the Spurs, or if they have, it's been like 25 years. So so somebody do the research on that and get back to me. Not me, because I'm going to forget. Did we, did, did we get them last year? Did we beat them every I don't. I feel like they might be one of those teams we lost to in painful fashion, like one of those games. So, But I could be wrong. Yeah, we lost once. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. And then we got those, uh, yeah, Suns back-to-back, Clippers back-to-back. So we'll just have to... They just need to find a way to win against these bad, these uh, good teams. I mean, we're we beating the bad teams. Let's got to get in some better habits, but I think we'll get there. So that's all I have tonight. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night. All right. Keep moving along. Jack, you've been waiting. What's up? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can't. So the title of your of your green room is very appropriate. You were right about Caruso. And the fans that wanted Lonzo Ball were right about Lonzo Ball. And the fans that wanted uh, DeRozan were right about DeRozan. And Chicago got all three of those guys. And we didn't get any of them. And we didn't get anybody else either. I mean, if you look at what Chicago has done. I mean, in the last uh, the trade deadline, they traded for Vucevic. Like, they have gone from, like, bottom of the league, lottery, NBA, no man's land, to probably a top four seed in the East in a matter of months. And they've done it by completely rehauling their roster. Meanwhile, Cuban just keeps sitting around twiddling his thumbs, tweeting about NFTs. And we have the same roster for three years. And I get it. Like Chicago's more of a free agent destination. It's Chicago. Eh, they haven't been. The specter of Jordan looms large. Money talks and giving a shit matters. And the exactly. Mavericks don't. Yes. And it's like, it's like at a certain point, I don't want to hear the excuses of, oh, well, you know, like those, play- you can't make players, you know, come to your team. You can't make players that you didn't even try. You didn't even try to get Alex Caruso. You didn't try to get DeMar DeRozan. You didn't and try. And if they, they were out, like we know after the fact, no, they were really close to Kyle Lowry. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Yeah. He, he was never an option. He was going to be Miami all the way. It was, it was very foolish to just put all the eggs in that basket and then pivot to, oh, well, we re-signed Tim and we got Bullock and Sterling Brown. You guys should be happy. Uh, bank on internal improvements and, you know, the rest will be great. And we have Luca, so shut the fuck up. Like, why are you upset about it? Like, it's, it's just so frustrating. Like, I mean, I, I love the team and I, I think it's good that we're seven and four. But, like, when you when you watch these games where we get just blown the fuck out by these good teams that – have made moves in the off season. It just makes you extra mad. Cause it's just like at a certain point, man, and I know Nico's new and he has, he hasn't really gotten a chance to cook yet, but like you, you got to do something, man. Like the team's just not good enough. They're just not I mean, good enough. until he's proven otherwise. And this is men is no disrespect, but he's a front man. Yeah. You know, I, I have, I have heard things to the fact that Cuban has actually uttered the phrase. I'm the real GM anyways. And 
guys, like, like people hold me accountable for my like dumb in-game tweets. Bring that same fucking fire to the owner. Ah, yeah. I mean, I saw that. I don't know. We didn't want to probably like touch on this too much, but like, you know, the, the, the Reddit thread trashing Mavs Moneyball about all the net. About Great about content. It's like Great oh, content. Yeah. It's like, why don't you, I mean, if you got half as mad at this guy on Twitter as, as you did about 10 years of incompetence, then maybe there would be some changes. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous, man. Like, I'm, I'm just fired up because you watch that shit and it's, it's, there's a lot of things that didn't go right. Luca didn't play well, but it's like the, the structural organizational practices are just continually holding us back. And it's been years. It's just, it's so frustrating. Yeah, the ball, you know, I like I, I, I'm curious, I, you know, in an alternative reality where the Mavs lose by like four, I wonder if we're all feeling this way. I think the answer is no. Um, it's that they were it's, it's that they were bad. down by like 17. Yeah. And the only reason that they closed it is because uh, Josh Green made a he had like a, like the man had an open layup and purposely went underneath the rim to throw up uh, whatever. Josh Green's a different story for a different day. Pretty nice though, man. Showed off, showed off that athleticism, man. Is a raw athlete right there, you know. So. Well, thank you for coming up, Jack. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Go Mavs. <laughs> go Mavs. All right, got one more, a couple more people. I should go to bed, but Josh, how are we doing, my friend? Hit that unmute button. Hey, what's up, Kirk? There we go. Yeah, um, yeah. Jack made a lot of good points about the offseason, so I don't want to talk about that anymore. Uh, something that we could work on this season that I kind of noticed, I don't know if you do too, but it's like, why are the people that can't shoot from the above the break all lined up above the break? Why is Dwight taking above the break, top of the key, uh, top of the three-point line threes? Dorian seems to always be at the hash <laughs> shooting his threes. Why is he not in the corner like he should be? Why is Tim not at the hash where he can actually hit shots? It just feels like people are at the wrong spots of the court. Why does my son, why does my five-year-old constantly try to put the wrong shoe on the wrong foot? It's because he's not paying attention to the details. The the details is what made this team (laughs) really special. And I think they've moved away from just enough stuff because they, they either, it's the same group of guys and then I think that that they're they're trying to work through some offensive yep. stuff. I need to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in that they're trying to work through some offensive stuff. But by you know, um, so so Bibbs, who came up earlier, I'm gonna bring him up next, is is a Ravens fan, and you would not ask like a football team to do a thing that they cannot do, and some of what the Mavericks are doing right now is insisting on running like the triple option with a group of guys who are built for the spread passing game. And and it's not that bad because they've really gone back to some of the Luca stuff, but like right, right. it's the spacing things we've hit upon repeatedly where Luca gets in a pick and roll with Dwight. And for some reason, Porzingis is in the short corner five feet away from where Luca is. And it's like, what, what's happening? How is this happening? That's bad. That's bad. You know, schematic, like, like everything is anyways. Yeah, I just hope they can work work that out. And, uh, yeah, like, Porzingis should not be in the corner. Dorian Finney-Smith, I, I, I want to see him in the corner for the rest of the season. I don't want to see him take another shot above the break. And, yeah, that's that's all I had to say. So instead, it's like nobody puts Baby in a corner. Everybody puts Dorian Finney-Smith in a corner. <laughs> it's demand, like, there's the imaginary box needs to go back. Well, thanks for coming up. Hope you come back. 
All right, last but not least, oh, Bibbs, Bibbs had a piece out, I guess. That's okay. All right, folks, we have a, we've had a great time. Um, this, if you've made it this far, you're a lunatic, but I appreciate everybody who's sticking around. This is on the back half of our normal podcast coming tomorrow, so Thursday, right around for your drive home. I did what I hope will be a palate cleanser podcast today with Istok Franco. He and I went over a bunch of data points, his Jalen Brunson article, which for the people who hate me on Reddit for an in-game tweet like seven years ago or whatever, we really talked about how great Jalen Brunson is, so it was a lot of fun. Then Matthew Phillips, who is in the chat there, he and I talked about some of the amazing data points from the first 10 games of the season. Hope you give it a listen. Everybody, be good. We will come back Friday night where hopefully the Mavs will notch a win. Everybody have a great rest of your week.